my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Brian Greenwood, as you know, and I am super excited to be here tonight with a 2017 graduate of our program, Emily Bishop. How are you, Emily? I'm good. How about you, Dr. Greenwood? I am doing fabulous. And I just realized, you know, I, I for some reason, I guess I'm a little out of practice, Emily. We're, we're starting we're starting the summer. Uh, we're starting the summer. I'm actually technically now on vacation. And um, I, I, I think that might have been the first time I've introduced myself as just Brian Greenwood. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> sounded really awkward. So I appreciate you uh, adding in the doctor there. Of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Emily is uh, is is currently in such an exciting position, and I can't wait for us to to get there and talk about it with her. She is the talent acquisition coordinator for Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, and knowing what I know about Emily, I know this is a dream job and um, I'm super excited to talk to her about it. But but Emily, let's uh, let's go back in time first and and talk about where where you're where you're from and, and where you grew up uh, uh, and walk through your your early life. Um, so where are you from? Sounds good. Um, I'm excited to even talk about where I'm from. So I am from Burbank, California. Um, If you don't know where it is, it's um, in Southern California. It's essentially Hollywood. When I describe Burbank, I say that it is the backlot town of all the major studios. So you have Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Animation, Warner Brothers, and of course, Universal Studios. Of course, right on. And uh, and sorry, I was a little awkward there because I, I I know where you're from and yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> and I know why, right? That that you uh, that you um, that Universal Studios is like a dream job for you. But um, but so uh, so let's talk about what it was like growing up. What your what your parents do? Yeah, so uh, my parents actually grew up in Akron, Ohio, oh. um, and they were. Uh, middle school sweethearts. And so they they met in middle school. My father has this funny story how they met behind, you know, in front of the school and they were forever best friends. Um, so they're childhood sweethearts. And my dad actually has his master's in screenwriting. And so because of that, that is what made him move to California. He uh-huh. took my mom with him, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and that was kind of uh, his 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 dream. His dream was to you know be a screenwriter in the movie studios. Burbank was the perfect place for that. Yeah. Um, and so that was how they moved over to California. He went to the American Film Institute. Uh-huh. Um, but you know his career kind of changed. He was a stay at home dad, and then he had the opportunity to work for Yahoo um, for now well over fifteen years, and he works in the advertising industry. And then my mom, she is a nurse at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, and she is celebrating her 25th year coming up. And so that's kind of a little bit more about uh, my family. I love that. That is um, that is such a uh, such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, we always hear high school sweethearts, right? That's like become a term that that exactly. we that we're familiar with. But middle school sweethearts, they took it like one level, uh, one level above. There, I love that. That is yes, so awesome. My, my parents love joking that they've been married for seventy four years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is great. Well, that sounds just awesome. And what about uh, what about siblings? Do you have any any siblings? I do. So I have a younger sister. Her name is Clara. She's four years apart from me. All right. Um, she Hi, is a recent UC Berkeley graduate. Right. Um, she was even a valedictorian uh, candidate, uh, one of you know the top of her class. Right. Um, she is now the operations manager for a company called the Women's Network, and they are the largest networking organization for college-age women in the United States. Um, they support women with their professional development and their ambitions, and there's actually a chapter at the Cal Poly San Luis Obispo campus, um, which is pretty incredible. And With my sister, uh, when she was growing up, she was part of show choir. Mm -hmm. And if you know, a fun fact about Burbank is that um, the Burbank show choir is actually inspired the television show Glee. 
Um, So that is something fun about Burbank. And then something else I wanted to mention is that, you know, because we're so arts forward, our community, um, we, you know, there's been so many celebrities that have grown up in Burbank and one of them has been Tim Burton. And another kind of way I want to talk about, you know, the, the culture of Burbank is that if you ever seen his movie, Edward Scissorhands, uh-huh. his whole perception of Burbank is the, you know, suburban town of everyone leaves home at the same time. They all come home at the same time. So that's kind of the feel of Burbank. And it's really exciting being able to be, you know, just like I said, um, the back lot of all the studios. I love it. That is so great. That is so great. So, so let's talk about that growing up. Um, and and um, you you've given us a, a little feel for for Burbank. What was what was young Emily like? Were were you uh, in that arts forward um, atmosphere? Were you, were you super into arts? What drama? What were you What were you into growing up? So unfortunately, I was not really um, into the arts. I was more, you know, into you know, playing sports. I, you know, okay. played competitive volleyball um, for most of my life. And uh-huh. I actually had the opportunity to go to Orlando, Florida for a volleyball tournament. And I was there for the opening weekend of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, um, which is at Universal Orlando Resort. And yep. it really opened my eyes on how immersive a, a theme park experience could be. Yeah. Um, so growing up, you know, very sport centric, And if you ever met me when I was younger, um, a lot of people said that they thought I was a Brady kid. And so I was absolutely obsessed with the Brady Bunch. My fashion was the Brady Bunch. (laughs) I even did a project where I sang um, It's a Sunshine Day as my opening intro. Uh I was very much obsessed with the TV show. And I was so obsessed that I begged my family for us to recreate the Brady Bunch vacations. And so one of them was the Grand Canyon. Uh Um, My dad was super excited that he saw these cheap hotel rates. He didn't realize it was so cheap because it was August in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh. <laughs> um, so we, we enjoyed the Grand Canyon. We went to Hawaii, um, which is iconic in the Brady Bunch with, mm-hmm. you know, the tiki around Greg and Peter's neck. And then we also went to Kings Island, which is in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh-huh. And it's a theme park. And so it's um, one of the Cedar Fair theme parks. And that was really fun being able to kind of walk in the shoes of the Brady kids and like, I like I said before, people thought I was a Brady. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, that's like um, for those who are unaware the, of the Brady Bunch. I mean, the Brady Bunch was more my era. Um, and But but with the the omnipresence of of TV, of, of TV channels and, and expanding TV channels, I would imagine. Where did you get to watch that on like Nickelodeon or something like did, did were they in syndication? I actually, a funny story of how I got introduced to the Brady Bunch. It was actually one of my babysitters Uh um, when I was younger and she put on the episode at Camping We Will Go. And that was my introduction to the whole entire television show. Uh And I was hooked right away. Um, And so my family automatically bought the whole entire DVD set and it became like our family fun video night on Fridays where we had the DVDs and I... I can watch maybe like two minutes of an episode and I could tell you the title of the episode and what season it's from. <laughs> oh, I am sure. How many seasons were there? Um, there were five seasons. That's it? That's it. There were only five seasons? There were only five seasons. About 126 episodes, oh. I believe. Oh, okay. That was back when seasons were way longer. Exactly. <laughs> but even so, I am shocked by that. I'm gonna have to um I'm gonna use that, Emily, if you don't mind. I'm gonna use that with my buddies. I am I am yes. certain I am certain that all of my friends will will guess um more than five seasons. There's no yes. way they will guess, you know, because the Brady Bunch was like it, it was a iconic um sh- television show. And so I'm really surprised to hear that it was only five seasons. So let's talk a little bit more about um, growing up in Burbank and and get that process of of getting here to Cal Poly. You know, everyone has a story about their their college um, application process and finding finding colleges. What what um, did you have a connection to Cal Poly? What's your story there? Yes, um, I could definitely tell you the story. I just want to bring up to our listeners that if you hear barking in the background, that is my golden retriever. 
Her oh, name no. is Waffle, um, very much a part of the family. Oh. So I apologize if you hear that uh, muffling in the background. No, that's okay, Waffle. We'll, we'll forgive yes. you. <laughs> uh, but with um, my connection to Cal Poly, um, I actually was not aware of Cal Poly or the major when right. I was applying for colleges. Right. Um, growing up, my dream job, of course, it was related to Universal, but my dream job was to become an American Sign Language interpreter for their studio backlot tour, even though I didn't know if that job existed, but that is what I wanted to do. <laughs> I love and, it. That's so yeah. specific and so awesome. I love that, Emily. Yes. So That's during cool. the college application process, I was applying to colleges all across the nation that mm-hmm. had deaf and hard of hearing studies and American Sign Language as their program. And oh, so wow. I was very kind of focused in on that. And that's where I thought I wanted my career to be. And then my dad, he was, he heard great things about Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He knew it was, you know, far enough from home, but it was also close enough to home that it could be, you know, a day trip. And he, um, he encouraged me to have a meeting um, with Dr. G. Um, she is amazing. And so I had a meeting with her um, before open house. And we could talk about that later, um, uh-huh. the Cal Poly open house. But I had a meeting with her and I think it was like a spring break. And essentially that whole conversation with her is the reason why I went to Cal Poly. And I love telling that story. I love um, it. Yes. And so shout out, shout out to Dr. G. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I do know of all the faculty, Dr. G is probably the, the most, one of, one of the most faithful listeners to the podcast. And so she'll, she will certainly hear this uh, shout out. And she's actually the one that told me that you got the job with Universal Studios. And so, uh, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I, I've been trying to get her on to the podcast. We're going to get her on, uh, we're going to get her on eventually, but um. I hope so. She has, she probably has so much to say about her recent trip too. Oh, I know. I know. Now that, now that she's back from Munich, we're going to have to get her on. So uh, a plug, we're, we're putting a plug in there, Dr. G for getting you on really soon. Um, so, so you, your dad, so you had that, that you can't, you came to, you talked to Dr. G. Did you talk to Dr. G at open house or was this before open house? It was right before open house. So I had okay. a conversation with her and she kind uh-huh. of, kind of opened my eyes and gave me more perspective of, you know, what the Cal Poly major can do. And she's like, if your dream job is to work in the theme park industry, tourism is the right direction for you. And that's kind of put me into perspective of like, oh, I could do so much more with tourism rather than put myself into, you know, a very specific uh, niche thing like an American Sign Language interpreter, where most interpreters, I feel like, want to go into education. And I knew I wanted to do something more creative, like theme parks or the theater. Right, right, right. I love it. So so then so then you came to Open House and uh, I did. Uh, did, so did I came we fully to, convince you there at Open House? Yeah. Uh, so I came to Open House uh, and my very first impression was like, oh my gosh, there are sheep on this campus just roaming <laughs> around. That was my very first impression. Yeah. Um, so I love Open House season. And I I'm pretty sure at that point I knew I was going to Cal Poly. Yeah. Uh, I think it was that evening that I, you know, hit the submit and I'm coming in the fall, right? but that was, that was kind of the, you know, what sealed the deal and it inspired me so much that I could probably talk about later, but I became, you know, one of the chairs for the cafes, which is the college of agriculture, um, yeah. open house. So yeah, it was such a fun event that I wanted to be a part of it all. You wanted years. to be a part of it. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, you know, let, let's talk about that, uh, your time here at Cal Poly. And and obviously, I, I say this for a lot of the alumni that I that I talk to. Obviously, Emily, I know how involved you were here at Cal Poly. But uh, if you can pick out um, just, a, just a couple of things that you did from a professional development standpoint that you look back and you say, Wow, that really had an impact on me. Or, or is there, is, are there, are there two in particular, maybe that stand out? I was going to say you you're you're totally right. I was super involved and it's hard even, you know, picking two, but for professional development, I would say that one of my biggest ones I feel like was being the president of RPTA club, um, mm-hmm. which is now so RPTA um was the former name of 
the department. And so the departments now experience industry management and um, formerly it was Recreation Parks and Tourism Administration. So I was the president of the club at the time. And it really kind of opened my eyes on different, you know, connecting with different members of the community and maintaining those relationships. And it kind of started on how I was able to network with people. And then I kind of took that throughout my career with the networking. That's a, yeah, that's a great, uh, a great thing. Let, let's talk, um, uh, let, let's talk about your Rose Float participation. So yes. I, I know you did that. <laughs> I know you did that before um, you came to Cal Poly, but you stayed in, you stayed involved, right? Throughout, um, throughout. And I imagine, I imagine you have so many stories from your, um, what you've been involved with that for what, like nine, almost 10 years now, like, um, Tell me, tell me, pick, pick one um, fun story from, from your almost 10 years with the Rose Float and, and tell us, um, tell us a fun story. Yeah. So, you know, including my conversation, obviously with Dr. G before I accepted um, to go to Cal Poly, uh-huh. I noticed that in our university union, we uh-huh. had the Cal Poly Roseboat office and growing up in Southern California, I was very familiar with the Rose Parade. I even oh. slept on the streets of Colorado um, twice before going to college. So I was very familiar with, you know, getting there well over 24 hours in advance having your sleeping bag and, you know, getting really excited for the parade floats to go down Colorado the next morning. So I was like, I was, what is she talking about? Why is she sleeping in Colorado? Oh, Colorado yeah. is, is Colorado, Colorado, is Colorado Boulevard. <laughs> Colorado Boulevard that it goes down. Okay. I yes. Okay. <laughs> That's some specific information there. I yes. Love but so I was so excited when I saw the sign and I was like, oh, I wonder mm-hmm. what that is. And I peered through the windows and I learned that, you know, Cal Poly has the opportunity. We're one of the only universities that has a float um, during the New Year's Day Rose Parade. And we work directly with our sister campus, Cal Poly Pomona. Mm-hmm. And so, again, another networking opportunity to working with our counterparts. counterparts. But it was so fun. Um, I've met, you know, some of my best friends with the Cal Poly Roseboat program, it was really interesting because I was the only uh, quote unquote parks and rec student. And I was surrounded by engineers, people yeah. in animal science, people, all journalism, all across, oh. you know, Cal Poly. It was really a very inclusive and diverse club. Um, if you call it a club, it's more like a program, but one of my favorite memories is actually meeting the love of my life. Um, her name is Cece and, uh, we are, you know, engaged and that's probably one of my favorite memories is, you know, being part of the Cal Poly Roseville program. I met my person. I love it. That is so great. And congratulations. I, I I did not know you're engaged. That is, um, that is super exciting. Do you have a date set? We do. Um, we're our date is November of 2023. I wanted enough time, as right you know, with my event experience, I want enough time to plan and not have to worry about it and really look at those fine details. Not be stressed. There you go. I love it. I love it. And what was Stace? What was Stacy's major here? Um, her, it's actually Cece. Um, Cece. But I thought you said Stacy. I'm lot. sorry, Cece. <laughs> We get that a lot. Her major was mechanical engineering um, and her focus was um, HVAC. So, you know, heating and ventilation systems. And Uh she's I've never seen someone more passionate about air conditioners. And I think she feels probably the same way about someone who's so passionate about Universal Studios. (laughs) Yeah, Right. Exactly. I love that. Well, and um, and, you know, so um, so you were both involved with, um, with the, with the book, you know, uh, Emily yes. was here when, when Dr. Schwab and I wrote the book on, um, on learn by doing more than a motto. And, um, with the Rose float being, um, was, uh, was featured in, in the, in the book. And so, uh, Emily got in there through, the, through that. And then mechanical engineering was one of the, uh, was one of the case studies that we, we highlighted. So I, I ended up. Uh, I know a lot of of the faculty over there, and um, and uh, in doing my research, I actually met a few alumni from the HVAC program, and they talked about how amazing it was, and how when you graduate with a mechanical engineering degree from Cal Poly, 
you are essentially, you know, because of the learn by doing, you yeah. don't just know, you know, you don't just know the theories around HVAC, you know how it all works, right? And and um, and so I, I I heard from a number of alumni who were really passionate about HVAC. So that's funny to hear you talk about CC being uh uh being passionate about it as well. So shout out there. Um so let's talk about um let's talk about internship, you know. Um our current students in particular love to hear the process about um, about finding an internship and what you did and, and that whole process. So um, can you can you go into that for us? Of course. So my internship was actually for downtown San Luis Obispo, and it's um, a nonprofit. And one I mean, two of the major events that they do is that they coordinate the weekly farmer's market. Um, it happens every Thursday night. It is an event for the town. Um, you would think, oh, it's just, you know, a local farmer's market. No, people travel for this farmer's market. It is incredible. Yes. <laughs> and so my uh, my internship was the events and public relations coordinator. And I even, you know, during the Thursday night farmer's market, I would have a walkie talkie. It was my favorite thing. And I would go and visit with all the tenants, um, all the different farmers and really learn more about them and their product and, you know, how excited they were to be at the market. And I would write stories and blurbs about them that would be published in our uh, community newsletter. And that was one of the events we did. And then another event was the summer, summer concert, summer concert series in the plaza yeah and that was so 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 fun um one thing that i really enjoyed is that i actually was one of the very first people to live in the cal poly lofts and so that is you know cal poly housing but it's off campus it's you know in the heart of downtown and you're you know surrounded by you know steps away from the farmer's market all the local restaurants and it's a it's a housing for like entrepreneur mindset students. But what was fun is that when I was at the concert, if I wanted to take like my 10 minute break or, you know, have a lunch break, I would go to my apartment, have the window open and yeah. I get to hear the music come through my window. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And that was kind of my my internship experience. I love it. And I, I don't think I knew that you lived in the lofts. They must have been like brand new when you. Uh... They were brand new. So we, I was the first one who ever lived in uh, that room, and it oh, overlooked the it overlooked the California Mission Plaza, and it was such a fun time. And I wow. learned I learned a lot from the community um, that lived with me as well. Because again, again, it wasn't you know it was all across you know different. There was business yeah. students, there was marketing students, there were. Yeah public relations. So I, I feel like a lot of the experiences I had at Cal Poly, um, I mean, I can go on and on. I did the alternative yeah. spring breaks trips and I met even more students. I've maintained yeah. those connections over the years. And yeah. so really Cal Poly has so much to offer. Yeah. And one of the pieces of advice that I would give is that people should jump at every single opportunity that's presented to them because yeah. You really never know where you're going to find that passion and that light bulb will go off. Yeah, that's such great advice. That is such great advice. So so let's talk about moving out into um, the working world, right? So um, I know you you worked for two and a half years for Santa Monica Travel and Tourism and um and um and that was a springboard to uh to Universal Studios, but obviously. In there, we had a, a small thing called a global pandemic, and yes, so, we did. Um, yeah, and can you talk? So, can you talk a little bit about um, your time at, at um, Santa Monica Travel and Tourism? Obviously, working for um, a destination marketing organization or destination management organization, um, you know, you you wear. Um, you you can wear numerous hats. Um, I, I know you were directly involved in client services, um, but can you talk about a little bit about your time there and um, and, and what stood out? What was like the big takeaway um, during your time there? Of course. So like you mentioned, I did work for Santa Monica Travel and Tourism. It is a destination marketing organization. So the whole goal was to, you know, bring international and domestic travelers uh, to the city of Santa Monica. 
And I, you know, I've grown up in the area. And so I was super excited being, you know, steps away from the iconic Santa Monica Pier. Um, I actually, this is a side tangent, but there is this beautiful art gallery in San Luis Obispo. It's called the Just Looking Gallery. So shout out to Ken and his team. Um, They are such a nice group and I actually have one of the Santa Monica posters that one of the artists has done. And I had that before my time in Santa Monica. So it was kind of foreshadowing, which I kind of enjoy. Um, But with my job in Santa Monica, I was part of the client services team, um, which kind of was our events team, essentially. And two of my directors were, one of them was the director of operations and one of them was the director of visitor experience. So I really had the opportunity of not only focusing on events, which is what I was hired to do, um, but I had the opportunity to, you know, work for the operations. I got to help with, you know, HR related projects. I got to help with, you know, consolidating our contracts and getting them in order. So more like administrative roles on the operation side. And then with the visitor experience side, it's all about creating experiences and maintaining, you know, those connections with visitors. And it was very much a very fun opportunity being able to kind of do multiple different things in the organization. But one of my favorite memories um, was I got to lead our coordination efforts for the 4th of July community parade. And so I was the lead because they knew about my prior experience with the Cal Poly Rose Float program. They're like, oh, Emily would be- Just a little bit of parade experience there. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So they thought it was, you know, the perfect job for me to do. And so I coordinated with, um, if you've ever been to, you know, the Los Angeles area, we have these- um, sightseeing red double-decker tour buses. And so I, you know, reserved two of those. And my CEO that year, um, she was the grand marshal. And so she really wanted to celebrate women. And so I actually created a campaign and I reached out to well over maybe 200 influential women leaders of Santa Monica. And on parade day, over a hundred showed up and they were all wearing kind of like a lady Liberty kind of, you know, very like the Statue of Liberty, very much like woman centered and woman inspired. And it was really exciting being able to, you know, see people of all ages, whether that was, you know, city officials or hotel general managers, and even, you know, young girl scouts that were going to become future leaders. Love it. That is awesome. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that. I'm just like visualizing that and it makes me smile so, uh, (laughs) so broadly. I love that. So, so obviously, um, you know, we, a a global pandemic hit and, um, and, and that was, you know, that was a tough period for, you know, for lots of people. And, and I, I know it was for, for you as well. And so, can you talk a, a, a little bit about what that was like? And, um, and uh, you know, um, there's a happy story on the other side, right? Let, let, Very we'll, true. We'll, we'll, we'll say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll t- talk to us a little bit about, about what that period was like for you. So unfortunately, like I feel like most people in um, our industry and even, you know, other industries, I was let go right away at Santa Monica. And I completely understood. And so I kind of took the time during the pandemic to really reflect and really thought of, you know, how can I get myself back into Universal Studios? As you know, everyone knows the theme parks were also um, (laughs) struggling. Um, They were closed for over a year. And so I really tried everything that I could to maintain my connections um, with people at Universal, checking in with them, seeing how they were doing. They were also, you know, being challenged with the pandemic. Um, But I wanted to, you know, maintain those connections. I feel like a lot of my career has been maintaining connections. And I had connections at Universal due to an internship I had during my college years. And so I kept those relationships and 
when the theme park opened back up in spring of 2021, I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, check on the job opportunities. This will be, you know, my moment. And so I was consistently looking, consistently maintaining my connections. And then one of them reached out to me before Halloween Horror Night started. And she's like, Emily, what are you doing right now? Where are you in, you know, at your life? I need an extra pair of hands. And I was like, well, I was currently in Seattle and I told her I will take the first plane back and I will work for you and your team. And that's how I got the opportunity to be um, the entertainment events uh, seasonal supervisor for Halloween Horror Nights for the 2021 season. Wow, that is so exciting. You're like, I'll be on the red eye. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, it, it. it's also a funny story because they weren't sure when my start date would be. And uh-huh. I told them that, oh, I won free tickets, essentially, or not free tickets, but I won an auction item for the Cal. California Travel Summit um, from our auction and dinner in 2021, our virtual auction and dinner for Cal Poly. And so um, I received that auction item and I had, you know, that opportunity to continue to make those connections. And I was super excited and they were like, oh, well, it was that day I was supposed to get on a plane and enjoy my weekend in California. And they're like, pack a bigger suitcase because you start on Monday. (laughs) Nice. I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so, and so you, you, you parlayed that into, um, into a a full-time job uh, that started um, this past February, right? So you've been, you've been working full-time um, with uh, Universal Studios Hollywood as a talent acquisition coordinator for what almost almost six months now, and um, and I understand uh, as of Memorial Day, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's more official. What did you say? Exactly. Um, so I was kind of like a, a contractor status for Halloween Horror Nights, and yeah. I continued, you know, to one of the best pieces of advice when I was at. Halloween Horror Nights is to try to continue an assignment or try to find myself a different place in the theme park um, atmosphere environment. Um, One of the best pieces of advice was have coffee chats with a bunch of different people in different departments that you're interested in Mm -hmm. and maintain that connection. And then after you meet with that person, ask them which three people should I talk to next? And so I started doing that before my Halloween Horror Nights contract was up. And then when I started applying to jobs after the holiday season, they remembered my name. And that's how I received another contract um, in February. And so I was working with the talent acquisition team. And, you know, essentially I am helping other people pursue their dream at Universal Studios. So I get, I'm very excited about that. I was going to say, that has to be super exciting for you. It is so exciting. And so as a contractor status and um, my contract was up at the end of this December and Obviously, that I, I proved I proved my you know work ethic, and mm-hmm. now I you know received a full time permanent offer. Um, you know, six seven months before the end date of when my contract was supposed to be. Love it. That is so exciting. And um, I, I want to, I, I want to get in, get into this as, as much as we can. You know, I, I talked about, I, I buried the lead, as they say, with the, the dream job of Universal Studios and growing up in the, the so-called back lot, right, of the theme yes. parks and, and whatnot. And, um, and, and so can you talk a little bit about like that, that pinch yourself moment every day when you, uh, when you go to work, um, you know, there is, a, there is a certain element that where, where people are like, well, I don't know if I really want to work somewhere that I've like always like looked and, and held up in esteem, you know, because it, it doesn't, it becomes work and it's not as, um, you know, it's not as um, glamorous as it's made out to be growing up or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that experience is like? Because I, I know you as a person that you're going to keep the, uh, you're going to keep that element um, aflame, a, a I, I would imagine. Is that true? It is so true. I feel like every day I wake up and I am so excited to go to work and I feel like that's how it should be for everyone. I, I tell people 
when, you know, we're searching for candidates and we're recruiting, um, they're always like, we need to find someone who's like you, who gets excited driving up the hill and seeing the giant minion looking over because yeah. that brightens up my day. Just at the very beginning, I just see Stuart the minion and I get so excited. And then I'm right. walking through a city walk to my office and I hear, you know, the music and the buzz of all the people who, you know, even if it's their a hundredth time visiting Universal or their very first time, it's so exciting and yeah. growing up. I feel like I, like I can step out in my, uh, my childhood home and step out into the front yard and I can literally see, um, the starway, which is an escalator. Um, if you don't know, Universal Studios actually sits on top of a hill. And so it makes things very interesting on having a theme park on top of a hill. And it's also on a working movie, movie studio. And so that's also something fun and authentic and different from, you know, the other theme parks across the globe. Um, But yes, I would say that I, you know, maintain that energy of being so excited to work there. It's not every day where you can have a lunch break and be sitting next to Frankenstein. Um, It's not every day where, you know, I, my typical day to day, I'm like checking emails, I'm scheduling interviews, I'm talking to candidates. Um, I help with the internship program, which is a very much full circle moment for me because I was an intern back in 2016 when the Wizard of Harry Potter opened. Yeah, But it's just so exciting being able to you know, even step away for a moment, grab your team and go ride a ride or, mm-hmm. you know, take a friend and go on a golf cart and tour the the studio. And you might see, you know, the Jurassic World cast, you know, doing a promotion and they're coming to say hello to people going on yeah. the tram route. Or it's just so exciting to be not yeah. only in a theme park environment, but also in an entertainment environment with the television and film aspect. I love it. It's so exciting. And, um, you know, I, uh, my, my kids have never been and, and, and we've, um, we've committed that we're going to take them this, uh, this summer. And so, um, so that made me even more excited to talk to you. And, yes, um, you have and, to go. So, yeah. So we'll have to, um, we'll have to maybe take you to lunch or something like that while we're there. And, uh, uh that would be great. But, um, so, so let's talk a little bit more, um, about your, um, your day to day, you know, I, I imagine maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like I would imagine that, that the pandemic has, has changed some things in theme parks. Um, but, but I don't know for certain, I haven't been to a theme park since the pandemic. So, so uh, what what has that changed the, the, the day to day operations? What's, um, what's been the impact there? I, I do feel like it's very much the, the pandemic obviously has affected theme parks. Um, Universal Studios is still, you know, recovering and rebuilding our team. And so we've kind of, you know, figured out like, how do we, you know, move forward and still operate on a day-to-day basis if we have, you know, not as much team members there. And so it is very much like a hands-on hands on deck uh, situation. Um, But what's interesting specifically is when I worked during my Halloween Horror Nights um, entertainment events, when I worked for entertainment events for Halloween Horror Nights, there were changes to the pandemic and especially because there was a peak during that time. And so we, we very much had to adapt in something where, you know, Halloween Horror Nights, there's a lot of jump scares. We had to figure out well, how can we, you know, protect our scare actors and how can we also protect our guests? So we had different, like we would have glass in front and we would have all of our performers masked. And so it was a very much different experience and, you know, having to do makeup over a mask, it was very different. And we had to adapt due to, you know, a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I would say that some, some of the adjustments that had to be made. Right. But I would imagine numbers have, have bounced back pretty, pretty yes. well now. Yes. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Numbers have bounced back. People, you know, want to go to, they want to have a vacation. They yeah. want to go to the theme parks. And even 
with Halloween Horror Nights during, you know, a peak in, you know, COVID cases, we still saw people, you know, traveling and want to be, you know, a part of an experience that we were creating. Right, of course. So, you know, as a, a talent acquisition coordinator, right, you have a unique perspective on this next question. So um, what would you, what advice would you give to, um uh, to, to either students or young professionals out there who are interested in the theme park industry, um, interested in potentially um, getting a position with like a Universal Studios or a Disney or or any of the of the big um, theme parks. What would you what would be your your advice to them? I would definitely say my advice is networking and then maintaining those contacts. I feel like I've been hitting that hard throughout um, our conversation, but it's so important Um, Even like, you know, connecting with alumni, if you've listened to this, um, you are now connected with me, feel free to send me a message. um, And I would love to, you know, try to get you into, you know, the right recruiters hands and, you know, give you an opportunity. I would, I would say that networking is probably one of the, the biggest pieces of advice. And also with, you know, different career opportunities um, with, you know, the Cal Poly major, there's, you know, the California Travel Association uh, Summit, um, which is an incredible opportunity to not only meet, you know, if your passions in with destination marketing organizations, you can meet people in, in the DMO field, you can meet people in the theme park realm with SeaWorld, Legoland, Disney, you name it, they're all there, yeah. uh, Knott's Berry Farm, and, and just different, like, if you wanted to work for like I said, like a city, um, there's a lot of cities that are there mm-hmm. and just maintaining those connections, even being like, oh, I saw you as a guest speaker at this, you know, at this event, I would love to, you know, stay connected. And so that's kind of one of the main pieces of advice, because you never know what's going to happen. That's actually how I got my Santa Monica job is I right. met the CEO, Misty Kearns, um, and Dr. Hendricks, um, who was our former department head, yeah. he, you know, he also maintained those connections with Misty. She needed a, she needed someone on her team. He recommended me. And then that's how I got my first job out of college was, you know, the connections that I had made. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I love about what you've, what you've said, Emily, is, you know, we, 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 we say to, um, we say to college students, we, and we say to young professionals a lot, network, 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 right? But we don't necessarily teach them how to network, right? We don't necessarily um, give them the tools, right, to, to, to how to do it effectively. And, um, and it does take some, um, you know, it does take some gusto, it does take some bravada to, to, approach a CEO, right? When you're at a Cal Travel Summit and say, yeah. hi, I'm I'm Emily Bishop, right? Because the CEO, you know, uh, it, they they seem scary, right? Um, but um, but I, I love what you said about connecting through through the alumni network, right? Through LinkedIn and like we said with the podcast, and every one of my podcast guests has said, um, uh, please tell your students I'm I'm more than happy to help. Like reach out to me and I I, w- I would love to to connect and and you know so that's a, obviously a valuable thing. And then you said earlier the coffee chats like that's such yes. great advice too, right? Like taking someone to coffee and saying like Hey, how can we um, how can we stay connected? And you know I think some students um, struggle sometimes like Well, what do I do? What do I say at this coffee chat? And it's like Well you get to know them, you form relationships, you you don't ask them for a job, right? You, exactly. you, uh, you, yes. you, 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 you maintain genuine interest in what they're doing. And, um, and if you're not genuine, if you're fake, they see through that pretty quickly, right? Um, and so you can network uh, in a negative way. <laughs> along those Very lines. true. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I have, I have come in my, um, in my more senior years of being a faculty member, I've come to realize that we can't just say networking. We have to lot. We have to give some um, some some action items. And um, yes. so I I really appreciate you giving um, giving that advice. Um, you know, I've talked to so many people who are um, involved in employee experiences, and I feel like employee experiences is such a great. Um, outlet for for our students, you know. Obviously, you were here when we when we went through the name change. Uh, yes. 
to experience industry management. Um, but you you haven't really gotten to see, um, you know, where we've progressed in terms of experience design and this, this idea of co-creating experiences with employees, with users, with clients, with customers, with guests, right? And um, and what better example, you know, what the experience when we reflect on the experience economy, obviously Disney comes up a lot. And and um, you know, obviously with what you're doing at Universal Studios, um, that's like the next, that's like the next step um in that experiences. And so can you talk about that aspect? Are you are you seeing that on a daily basis where you feel like you're working to co-create experiences? Definitely. Um, I was going to say that even with like the clients that you were talking about, I feel like my clients are definitely, you know, internal and external candidates that are wanting to build their careers and grow and receive a new opportunity at Universal. Um, So those are people that I connect to on a day-to-day basis, but it's also people that I just walk around and I'm walking around CityWalk, which is kind of like our entertainment center just outside of the theme park. So I'm walking around there, I'm walking around in the theme park and it's my goal to, you know, make someone's day. So if someone approaches me or if I see someone who's like looking around and they seem a little bit lost, it's kind of my, my responsibility. And I jump in and I'm like, Hey, like, what are you looking for? And so I like help them throughout that experience. And um, there was actually this great experience uh, a week or two ago. So we just, our interns just started um, last Monday. Um, it's a very exciting time. Yeah. And I saw the sometimes pictures, it's, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's their first, you know, opportunity in a professional working environment. And I actually had the opportunity to phone screen all of these interns before they were hired on. And there was one uh, intern candidate and I was having a conversation with her and she had applied for a specific internship and I was listening and I was like, you know what, she would be great in this other role. Mm -hmm. And so it's really trying to, you know, learn about a person. And I, I connected her with a different manager and I said, I think you should also interview for this. I have already connected with the team. And so she decided to move forward with that department. And she came up to me on her very first day um, at Universal. And she's like, I just want to thank you so much for guiding me in this direction. I have told every single family and and friend that Emily Bishop helped me, you Uh know, go into this specific department. And I'm hoping that it, you know, turns into, um, you know, a full-time position at the end of her internship. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I love what you said about, um, you know, you, you feel, and, and this is, I think, Emily, what, what sets you apart, (laughs) what you, (laughs) what you just said, um, not, not only there about the, with the intern, I mean, that, that's, that's a part of your job. And so that, that, that is um that is great and I love it and that's a great example. But the previous one where you said you're just walking along City Walk and you see someone um, who looks lost or whatever, and you know I I think a lot of people um just keep walking. You know they don't I, they don't see so it. <laughs> yeah, they don't see it as their duty. They don't see it as their responsibility. But that personal touch that you displayed there and that I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you display a lot. It, it really can make a difference in, in people's experience. You know, I, I, when I'm walking around campus, um, I've, I've had it, I've had that happen a few times where I see like, um, parents, you know, with, with, um, high school kids and they seem to be lost and, and I'll stop because, you know, that can make a difference in whether someone um, decides to go to Cal Poly or not. That (laughs) makes a difference between someone coming back to Universal or not. So while it's not necessarily our job descriptions, right, or our responsibilities, like, I think that is just such a a great um, quality that you have. And I think that's something that sets you apart. And, um, and, you know, when I think about your time here, and, and all how involved you were, and, and, um, and knowing, knowing that you wanted that position with Universal Studios, and, and hearing you say that, I just make you puts a big, big smile on my, on my face. And so I hope when you bump into me in about a month, when I'm, uh, 
lost on city walk i hope you say i hope you'll say hey dr greenwood can i help you uh find something <laughs> i will definitely i feel like even in my short time with my current role i became kind of the official tour guide for the yeah. hr department and yeah we had um a visitor from 30 rock in new york so nbc it's we have a huge company, but we had a visitor from New York. She was in California. They needed someone within a couple hours to give her a golf cart tour. And I was yeah. like, yes, I will do I it. it. And I, you know, provided this hour long tour. And I just feel like I just want to share all my passion to yeah. others. So people kind of realize the, you know, the authentic kind of magic of universal. And, you know, it started as in, it started in 1950 with Carl Lemley and he opened up, you know, the, not the theme park at the time, but he opened up the movie studio and it was like a nickel to ride the glam tram around the studio lot. And that's right. kind of, you know, the history of the theme park. And I really want to show that and right. share that with, you know, guests and people that, you know, want to have a job at universal. And right. I kind of, I even tell them that if you went to Universal before 2016, like even within the past decade, yeah. it's an unrecognizable park. And I love sharing the history of the theme park and what has changed and, uh -huh. you know, what's exciting to look forward to. And you were definitely right. I feel like one encounter can make the difference. And I had that experience with, you know, a parent and a kid at the Cal Poly open house too. I was yeah. in yeah. between running back and forth for, you know, yeah. one of the big events that we hold as a lunch um, for the students and their prospective students and their parents. And there yeah. was one student that needed to get to the journalism building. They didn't know where to go. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to walk them all the way over across campus. And yeah. They even said like how amazing that was that a student just decided to walk them all the way right. um, out of the busy day. Yeah, and I'm sure that made a difference. And um, and you know, I, I just uh, your your passion and your enthusiasm just shines through. And um, just want to thank you so much for taking the time with us um, tonight. And I know the future is so so bright for you. Where where um, whatever you decide to do, whether it's uh, sticking with uh, Universal Studios and eventually becoming the uh, CEO or um, or whether it's branching out and going somewhere else. And uh, I, I know you're I know you're going to be successful because of um, who you are, that 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 um, that that flame that bur that burns bright inside of you, I know is, is special. And so. Thank you so so much. Congratulations again to you and CC and um, and uh, on the engagement. And that's so great to hear. And um, just th thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, thank you, Dr. Greenwood. It was such a pleasure, you know, getting to reconnect. And I'm looking forward to your visit. Hopefully, this summer to Universal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm going to take you to lunch. I promise. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya.